You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to After The Jack. It's been a bit of a break between drinks, but uh, we're back into it. My name's Aidan Payne. I'm stepping in for Tyler Ma this week and I'm joined by AJ Williamson and uh, Brian Nisbet. How are we, fellas? Yeah, good thanks, Aiden. Geez, uh, Tyler's on a very, very long holiday. Uh, still, still off sunning himself, but uh, good to be 12, back. Twelve for, weeks, y- I think it's that. Yeah, geez, more, <laughs> more, more, more than us school teachers, Brian. But um, yeah, good to be back for twenty twenty three. It's going to be an action packed second half of the Golden Valley Bowls region season, and looking forward to being back and covering it all on this podcast, Brian. Yes, uh, thanks for the introduction, Aiden, and. Um uh, welcome back, Ashley. Uh, we were going to do a program last week, but I had to uh, call in. I was, I've had a bit of a virus, and after midweek bowls, and we lost, which didn't help against the bottom side. I um, went to bed for an hour and a half. I must confess, I felt better when I woke up. So, but um, feeling a good frame of mind today. We. Knocked over Tally out there on their home deck, and uh, you went too hot. Third there. on the ladder, we our rink one. Of course, <laughs> got to talk about our rink. Terry Rowe, myself, Josie Michelin, and Karen Truon won thirty-five twenty to get us over the line by three shots. How was the um, green out at Tally, Brian? It was good. I'm, it was okay. Not a problem. Have they got it all up to speed, or have they only got a, like four rinks four, four only, rinks, and yeah. they're going to laser it on Sunday? I think. So are they going to have it in action at They'll all? They'll be playing the... away for the second half of the year, I think. In every grade? I think so. Okay, interesting. Um, before we get into sort of what's happening locally around here, we had a bit of a false start with Saturday pennant. The first round was due uh, Saturday, just gone, but uh, we were called off due to the heat rule, which we'll touch on in a second. But, it's a um, very interesting yeah, yeah. The way that they uh, come up with that. Actually, so. we might as well go with it off the top because um, there's been quite a bit of discussion and debate. So um, the forecast was for 40 degrees on Friday night, um, Channel 9, wind news. Um, and that's the that's the measuring stick, I guess, that, that the the match committee uses to call, call it off. They go off the Friday forecast. So, um, you know, if there was no chance of anyone turning up on Saturday and trying to get a game in. The round was called off. And, um, and, and obviously, um, you sort of you like to sort of check and see how yeah. hot it actually got. But the Bureau of Meteorology figures that I got on Saturday, it only got up to 37. So, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. We probably could have played, but... Do you th- yeah. Do you think AJ that it's and Brian? Do you think it's worth bringing the the start time forward on, on days like that? Oh, oh, certainly. Yeah. Look, uh, for me, I think we could have played, and I think there was a lot of alternatives that could have been um, put in place to get the round through. Um, I know they've got a spare weekend in place for these sorts of reasons, but you know we're in the middle of summer, so theoretically you could lose two or three rounds, and you've only got that one spare weekend. And I think. With things like you know playing games at nine thirty or ten o'clock and just playing straight through, um, I think there could have been other ways around it rather than sort of calling it off on the Friday night because, you know, I think you know the reality is um, you know weather forecasters, meteorologists or whatever are always going to be a little bit conservative with forecasting weather and go on the higher scale to sort of make sure people stay out of the sun and things like that. So they forecast forty, but rarely does it hit that hot. 
um, when they forecast it that hot. And, you know, the thing that I sort of think about is, you know, you could go outside and, and you know, and the forecast is 40 degrees. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference between 37 and 40. You just know it's extremely hot. Um, we have the same. No, you're but, right. Um, at the sports desk, us boys, we were chatting about that with the cricket Shepparton rules. Yeah. And just the fact that at 40 degrees, lo- all lower grades are off, but at 42, that's when they pull the pin on A and B grade. But what's the difference? Yeah. Two, two, what, two degrees, mate. It just, yeah, yeah but they, pulled the, they pulled the pin and it was predicted to be 41.4, but uh, the powers that be in the Shepparton cricket uh, decided to... Um, Brendan, so it's Brandon Riley yeah. decided he's a he's a head man, and I think it mainly called it off because we'd had all these heat days leading into it, and I don't think anyone would have been jumping out of their skin to play. Oh. No, but no. but see, why is the and then then that begs the question: Why is the rule different for A and B and the lower yeah. grades? I think it should be a blanket. A yeah. blanket rule, um, you know, sort of saying that, oh, you know, I understand obviously that the lower grades may have some an older demographic and things like that. Yeah, that's but, a reason. But the same duty of care, I think, should apply whether you're playing A grade or, or E grade. We're probably uh, getting a little bit off topic yeah. in, in a different yes, uh, yes. different uh, sport, but but on, just on the, the heat, AJ, I mean, what what is holding them back from bringing the start times forward? On a, yeah, Brian. So it could be... The only problem we could have would be some people working, although I don't think there'd be more than one player from each division yeah. one side. <laughs> yep. And and and, and there and therein lies the issue. If if that's what you're worried about and you're catering to a minority, well then then that's totally the wrong way to approach it. You need to. You should be looking at what a majority of what works for a majority of people, rather than worrying about the the odd few that that work early on a Saturday morning. Well, you know, we want to get we want to get bowls played, and we want to we want to get the rounds through, rather than having to revert to spare weekends or have you know um, points shared and things like that. So I think you've got to do more. Um, than what's being done at the moment to try and get the rounds through rather than just saying, oh, the forecast is 41 on Friday, we're off. Yeah. You know. Surely there's a happy medium where it's this isn't going to happen each week. No. It's 40 degrees and you have to bring the games forward. It's um, just I feel like there's something that they can t- to do to, to work around it. Well, we only have to play 60 ends now, not 100. Yeah, you don't have to get all. You don't have to get the match completed. So uh, yeah, that's it. With four rinks, it's less, of course. But and the only another problem is with Eildon Yay and Alexandra, where they are geographically, you could not start the. If you started the matches at nine o'clock, teams would have to be leaving here at six thirty in the morning. But would and and the other and the other thing is too going that far, the temperature probably wouldn't be as hot. Either. No, no, true. The temperature would be different. No, I, I agree. Um, and, the, and, 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 and I think it sort of um, parlays into another issue, which I think the, the association's moving towards next year, is if you start the, push the start time forward earlier and play straight through, you'd be done before the hottest part of the day. And this is where I think it's going to lead because it's already been done in the lower grades this year. They're playing 21 ends straight through. And I, I believe that this will happen next year across all ga- grades. You'll be playing 21 ends straight through, which means if you're starting earlier, you're done by one one thirty, yep. and everyone can enjoy the rest of their weekend. Um, and well, I, races are still going. and That's right. Sport, you can sit back in the bar, have a drink. Yeah, and and I think as well, like um, I think that's probably another reason they call it off 
at the moment is because they think, oh, well, you know, you're going to stop for half an hour or 20 minutes for your smoke-o break because you're playing 25 ends and then you'll go out in the hottest part of the day. But you can mitigate all of these things by just, you know, thinking it through maybe a little bit more and being a little bit more flexible with the times um, and, you know, how many ends we're playing to sort of make the situation easier. Well, for example, Bendigo played on Saturday. Melbourne. Yeah, and they played cricket in Bendigo. Mm-hmm. My nephew plays for Eagle Hawk. And in O&M, I remember when Matty Robertson was coach of Benalla, we went over there because it was 40 degrees in Shep or 41. You're cool. I went over and watched seven ends of their match against Yarrawonga and Border Golf. And Lee and Smith or Leonor Smith called it off when she checked the temperature, it was 42 degrees in the box. Yeah. So they started, but they... Yeah. 42 degrees O&M. Yeah. And we're running 40. Yeah. So it's one of those things. Look, I don't think there's a, um, you know, a simple answer to it, but I think there can be some things put in place to ensure that we don't just keep having rounds called off on a Friday when, you know, if we just be a little bit more patient and be a bit more flexible, that we could possibly get some of these games through. Well, I'd like to see us start at nine. And I'd like to cancel the wind use 40 degrees. Yeah. And make it like the O&M, they go by the BOM yeah. on their mobile phones. Yeah. And, I mean, everyone's got a mobile phone. Or yeah, that's the, it. The two yeah, managers. Yeah. And why can't – we only have to play 60 ends. Even if we start at 10 o'clock, we still get through just before every, it, you know, I believe. Yeah, every 30 minutes, just someone pulls out the, the phone managers, checks it. The managers check it every 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, look um, – I think, you know, like it, it seems a little archaic for me to be going off the television forecast and I think you've sort of got to move with the times a little bit and um, look at how we can do things better so, um, you know, everyone's able to, you know, get some bowls in. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're not canning the people who are making these decisions, but we just want to play. Yeah. Um, we don't want to be sitting on the sidelines. And I know it's hot and there's a duty of care and things like that, but you can certainly do some yeah. things to mitigate um, you know, what's happening there. So. Well, this isn't the first time it's happened, Ash, I believe, particularly in a couple of midweek um, matches. Yeah. They went by to 38 degrees. Yeah. Win news, and the next day it never got above 33 or 4. Yeah. That's happened. And I mean, there was this gruntled bowl was in. And, same, and, you know, same as Saturday when it only reached 37. And, and, you know, we could go on and on about it. But I know that, Like could. 38 on Tuesday and 40 on Saturday when, you know, we're not – women's and men's anymore like no that's every, true it's, it's a free-for-all anyone can play tuesday and saturday it's, so that they, they, they should be uniform that shouldn't be a separate no that's no. right that shouldn't be a mm. it shouldn't be um a separate rule for midweek rather than and than saturday anyway I think, I think um touch wood we're all good to go for this saturday just looking at yeah, the forecast and hopefully we can get out there but um it was disappointing the first round back for the year. Everyone was probably champing at the bit and we weren't able to get out there. But uh, take two this Saturday, Brian. Um, well, just uh, b- before we get into sort of some of the pennant previews and reviews and things like that, Brian's been chasing some more big-name talent in the Bowls fraternity, Brian, and you've, you've hooked up a, a special interview for us this week. Do you want to introduce it? Um, yes, guest? Uh, Paul J. Foster. MBE. MBE, better known as Alex Marshall's uh, Pairs partner. They've won the title five times. He's won the singles five times. And the world. The time. world indoor championships at Potters. Which is currently being played at the moment. Yeah, running 18 and a half seconds on the 
portable rink. They're using um, Tiger Evos, uh, Marshall and Foster. And where, and where did you bump into Paul? Up at Mo Amma at the Ultimate Bowls. Yep. I uh, went up to the bar and they were having a nice cool amber fluid. <laughs> and I joined the boys. I uh, felt I was much royalty with um, um, they Brett Wilkie. The Brett Wilkie, uh, Kyle uh, McElroy from New Zealand. Shannon. 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 Mc- I said Kyle. Yeah. I always say Shannon McElroy. Um, and the big alley Forsyth. Yep. So um, you've got an interview lined up with with Paul. So we'll uh, we'll listen to that, and then we'll go to a break before we get into the pen. Yeah, and I've I've, uh, sp- I've I've been emailing him since he got back to Scotland. He appreciated me sending over the the um the interview that we did, and uh, and he's now made the last sixteen in the singles. Him and Alex were put out in the pairs. Look, if you want to, there's nothing on TV. Watch the World Bowls. It's live. On, the, on Facebook, on the World Bowls Tour, through YouTube. Uh, pity tonight, there's a, 11 hours between us and the UK. We're ahead of them. Otherwise, I'll be tuning in to watch Foster in the mixed pairs tonight with Alison Merrion, and they're playing... Um, I've forgotten the, who they're playing. I, I don't know, but it's the final, isn't it? It's a final. Yep. A New Zealand girl and... Uh, I can't recall who the male is, but... We'll, we'll throw to the interview, Brian. Uh, you've done very, very well, and then we'll come back after a break. Welcome to After the Jack. It's roving Brian Nisbet up at Moama at the Ultimate Bowls Championships. That's uh, event two. We're into the preliminary finals in the next hour. And it's with great pleasure that I introduce Paul Foster from Scotland, um, renowned for being the pairs partner of the, the GOAT, Alex Marshall, but in his own right, one of the best uh, players in the world. And I've had plenty of hours of um, enjoyment watching you play at Potter's Resort in the um, World Championships pool. And um, always, always barrack for you and Alex, I must admit. Uh, first time I met Alex, you probably don't know, I forgot to turn the um, recorder on, which is pretty handy. I was in awe of a great man, but um, yeah, I've <laughs> rectified that error. Anyway, welcome to Australia, and it's great to see you out here um, playing bowls, and uh, no doubt you're enjoying yourself. Yes, it's been great so far. Um, obviously, a big call out to Mark Casey and the board at Deer Park for giving me this opportunity um, to play in the UBC. I was supposed to come out uh, a couple of years ago, but COVID um, put a stop to that. Uh, but I'm here now and I'm enjoying every minute of it. It's great, fantastic experience. Now, do you live near Alex Marshall in Scotland or you're a fair distance away, aren't you? An hour or something? or? What's the geography situation? Yeah, I'm about just over an hour and a half from Alex, but we, we keep in contact with each other um, every week. So um, we've known each other for about 20 years now. Uh, we're very good friends. He was uh, best man at my wedding. So yeah, it's, 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 he's, a, he's a good guy and we, we keep in touch all the time. Now, what's the age difference? I think Alex is 54 and how old are you? Yeah, I'm uh, 
five years younger than Alex. Um, I'm 49, but I hit the big 5-0 uh, next March. Um, but it's all a, age is all a number, so uh, we're both still competing very well at top level, so I'm still enjoying the balls. I've heard that phrase before from a great man himself, age is just a number. Uh, how long have you been playing bowls for, Paul? Yeah, I started when I was 12 years of age um, through my father and I just loved it ever since. I played football as well at the same time, but I couldn't do both sports. So I had to choose one and I chose bowls and it's been very good to me over the last number of years. So I certainly chose the right sport. And unlike Alex, uh, he hasn't got any family because he would have been on. The, he told me he would have been on the road, away from the. It wasn't fair on his uh, partner. And that was, how old are your children? How many uh, children have you got, Paul? Yeah, I've got um, four four kids. Uh, well, kids. One smallest boy is 14, and then my second youngest boy is 12, and my third boy is nine. And I've got a wee girl. She's now six. So obviously, it's it's hard to come out here and you, you miss your family. Yes. But I always say it's family comes first, but um, maybe I should have come out here years ago. But um, as I say, any opportunity I do get to come to Australia, then I grab it with both hands because it's to me it's it's the home of bowls. I, I just love it here. Yeah, well, it's always it's always great to see international bowlers out here. But this would be about what your third or fourth trip to Australia. Uh, no, I've, I've been about five or six times now. Obviously, with Commonwealth Games, uh, World Bowls. Uh, obviously it's a long haul flight but as I said at the end of the day it's certainly worth it when you get the opportunity to play in Australia. And this, what do you think of this concept, the, for example the five ends and the prize money, a 50,000 to the winner and there's three events this week, you stand a chance of um, the winners, if you won the three events which is possible, highly improbable, you could pick up 150,000. Yeah, the, the prize money is fantastic. Um, obviously, the format is different. Um, it's quick, it's sharp, intense. Um, you've got to work out all the scoring, which I did before I arrived, just to make sure I never made any mistakes. But uh, I love the format. Um, it's, there's no easy games. Um, everybody can beat everybody, and it's, it's just an absolute pleasure to play in. Now, what team are you in? To let the listeners know up here. You're, um, sorry, you're with Deer Park. Um, how, where are you positioned uh, in event two? Are you in the final? In the, will you play finals tonight? Unfortunately, um, we, we, we finished seventh in the section, so we've just missed out in the top six. Um, event one, um, we managed to finish second, and we lost in the quarterfinal um, to Ryan Best and Kevin Anderson. So it's, uh, it's it's been going good. So just looking forward to event three, which starts tomorrow. Yeah, well, I wish I could come up and see Event 3, but I've got work commitments. But uh, what did you think of the Master Blaster? I watched him the other night in one match. He lost, actually, to Aaron Sheriff, but um, every opportunity he had to drive, he never missed. Yeah, Ryan's dead like that. Um, I've, I've seen it so many occasions. Um, he, he very, very seldom misses, and I, that's, I know it's one of his strengths, but he, he, he's a good drawer as well. Uh, Any time you come up against Ryan, you have to make sure you've got plenty of back balls as well. But no, he's, he's a top-class player and it's been proven for many years now. And um, it's noticeable that he doesn't go over to Potters and play in the World Championship. Any reason for that? Or I suppose he's um, got enough events out here to keep him busy? Yeah, to be honest, I've not really spoke to Ryan about that, but I think he's just he's obviously he's more interested in what's happening across here. Um, obviously, he's balls coordinator at Broadbeach. And uh, obviously, Potter's and that doesn't bother him, or he would have been across. 
But as I say, he's got, he's got plenty going on across here, and uh, he's, he's probably made the right decision. Now, with the weather we're having, it'd be pretty much like Scotland, wouldn't it? Yeah, the last few days, it's like being home from home. Uh, it's been very cold. Uh, I know back home just now, it's, it's like six degrees during the day, and at night, it's, it's down to minus two. But um, it's, it's been pretty cold and windy here, but I'm not complaining. And where are you shacking up in Moama, with Alex, or um, you got accommodation with the Deer Park boys, your teammates? No, I've been very fortunate. Um, I'm actually staying with Alex um, for, for the 12 days I'm here. Um, we've got a house like literally two minutes from Moama Bowling Club, so it's pretty handy to have a, obviously a few schooners and manage to stagger back to the house, which is pretty close. Yeah, and it's, it's great company for Alex, and it's great company for me, so yeah, all good. And you like an ale after the game? You want a, a couple? Have you got a taste for any particular beer out here? I know Alex likes the um, Great Northern. Yeah, I'd like one or two after the game just to socialise. Um, but yeah, as soon as I arrived here, it's I arrived at six in the morning, and it's you've got to try and stay up as long as you can to try and get over the jet lag. <clears throat> so I had a few uh, Great Northerns um, that arrived and and continued it ever since. So yeah, it's, it's good to socialise and catch up with a lot of the guys that I do know. And uh, everybody here at Moama has been very, very friendly. When did you arrive, Paul? Just uh, what, three or four days ago? When did you arrive in Moama? I arrived in Moama on uh, Wednesday, the 7th of December. And um, it took, took me a few days to over jet lag. And I fly home on Saturday, the 17th of December. So get home for uh, the World Cup final. And obviously Christmas is coming up, so it'll be good to spend with obviously my, my family, my kids and my wife. It certainly will. And what what do you do for a living apart from the bowls? Or do you make enough to supplement your your family and your living costs and everything just from bowls? I, I doubt that very much, but yeah, how how's that work out? Yeah, obviously it's, um, it's different over in Scotland. Um, I've got a taxi business with uh, my business partner that I've been involved in now for... Oh, 22 years now so uh, yeah it's all good very busy and it's the that's what I need because sometimes every year I need like seven eight weeks off a year for, for top class bowling and a lot of places wouldn't give you that or you have to take unpaid leave but I'm very fortunate the position I'm in with my own business that I can do that so yeah it's all good. So what's the name of the, the city or town where you uh, got your taxi business? Yeah it's a, it's a small town called Troon um, Anybody that golfs out there with the British Open has been at Royal Troon. That's my hometown. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lovely wee town, very busy. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy staying there. Now my name's Nisbet, or Nisbet, and they've got a town called that over in Scotland. Are you familiar with that? No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> Thanks, mate. It must be, must, be just, must be just a hamlet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. I've heard of Haddington, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my great, great grandmother came. Yeah, Haddington's not far from where Alex stays. Is it? Yeah. It's, it's not far from Edinburgh. Yeah, I think, Nisbet, I think Nisbet's not far from Edinburgh, but um, you'll have to look it up when you get back. Yeah. I think they pronounce it Nisbet over there, not Nisbet. Is that correct or not? I'll take your word for it because I've never even heard of it. So, as I say, I'll look it up when I get back. Yeah, a famous Scott, we've got our own, the Boar's Head's our coat of arms and... Yeah, now I started getting into the history of it, but uh, let's get away from bowls. Now, I'd like to um, thank you very much, Paul, for giving up your time to have an interview. 
I didn't keep you as long as Alex thought I would, <laughs> but wish you all the best and uh, good luck at Potters. No doubt you'll be teaming up with Alex again in the pairs and you'll be playing singles, mixed pairs. Yes, um, the first events, uh, the pairs with Alex and then um, I went to the mixed pairs with uh, Alice and Marion, um, who, who, who were the holders. From and Guernsey? It, from Guernsey, yeah. And then I start my singles um, against Jason Choi from Hong Kong. So, yeah, back home for a couple of weeks to relax and then I'll get put the practice in and head off to Potters. And is Jason playing out here in this event? Jason Choi or not from Hong Kong? No, Jason's not here, no. No? no. Well, they, got a, they have got a side in, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks very much, Paul, and uh, I wish you all the best, and uh, I'll make sure I send you over a copy of the interview, mate. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Brian, we'll get back into... Goulburn Valley pennant. Uh, we'll look at the results from today's midweek pennant round. Yeah, I'll let you run through them, mate. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll start with Division 5. Uh, looking at what round it was, it was round 10. So Shepparton Park were far too good at home for East Shepparton. 56, uh, 57 shots to 26, 12 points to 2. Rushworth had a one-shot win over Violet Town, 38-37, 12 points to two. Euroa swept Avenal, 42 shots to 30. And Colburn Abbott also had a clean sweep against Marupner at home, 47-29. Looking at Division 4, round 13. Uh, a lot of these results aren't up yet. The results we do have, uh, Murchison beat Kyabram, 83 shots to 46 at home. And Shepparton Park... 84 shots to 48, a big clean sweep victory there. No results as yet from uh, the other three games. Just uh, refreshing there, yeah. Tatura Ilden, uh, Seymour East Shepparton and Dukey Alexandra. No scores up there. Division 3, round 13. The results we do have at this stage. Kybram, big win at Marupna Golf, 91 shots to 50. 16 points to zero. Seymour VRI at home, far too strong for East Shep, 75-48. And Shep Park uh, went to Avenal and had a strong win, 31 shots, 93-62. And Namurka went to Euroa and won 74-51, 14 points to two. Division two, as Brian's alluded to already, East Shepparton went over to Tally Garupna and got the chocolates, 70 shots to 67, 13 points to three. Shepparton Park went to Marupna, 74-62, pretty tight, 15 points to one. No result in the Seymour Stanhope game. Kyabram, too, too good at home um, by eight shots over Tat Hill top 14 points to two. And Shep Golf beat Marupna Golf at home 87 61. Uh, just looking at the ladder there, Brian, where are you situated? You are fifth as a result of today's um, match. Kyabram on top, nine wins, two losses. Shep Park. Tally Garupna, Shep Golf round out the four on 119 points. East Shepparton on 113. Tad Hilltop, 98. Stanhope, Seymour, Marupna and Marupna Golf have a bit of work to do to make the top four there. Looking at Division 1, some interesting results today. 
Kyabram, too good for the reigning Premier Tatura Hilltop at Hilltop. 74 shots to 68. It was tight, eight shots, but 16 points to zero. Looking at the rink scores, Mary Greco, uh, 28-26 over Rod Medill. Uh, Chris Preddy, 22-21 over Phil Boyd. And Jenny Dixon, 24-21 over John Atwood. So a good result there for Kai. They're probably the premiership favourites at the moment. I know they're on top of the ladder. Um, the other surprise, or there was a couple of surprising results, but I wouldn't have picked this one. Shepgolf did win over at Rushworth, 70-64. They only won one rink. So um, Rushworth really pushed them there. They've been anchored on the bottom of the ladder all season, but they can pop up from time to time, particularly at home. Gene Sprague beat Wayne Gribble 22-21, and Bruce Wooten beat Graham Waddell 25-17. But the saviour was Ash King, 32-17 over Laurie Nicholson to save face for Shep Golf there over at Rushworth. Um, East Shepparton at home against Seymour, uh, far too good there in a 82-61 success, so 21 shots. Max Hammond, uh, 21-20 over Lynn Barber for Seymour to get some of the spoils there. But Graham Barber, 30-25 over Ian Eichfuss. And Stacey Collier, big win, 32-15 over Graham Flint. Probably the most surprising result of the day, Yaroa and Shepparton Park played a 73-apiece draw. And Yaroa picked up two of the rinks on the day. Uh, Tony Kingmark, big win, 30-18 over Marg Thorne. Ken Sutcliffe, 30 to 28 over Die Hands. This was crucial in the overall result because uh, after 17 ends, Die Hands led 28 16, and Sutcliffe's rink uh, rattled off the, the last eight ends there to pinch the rink by two shots. Graham Myers uh, was the only winner for Park on the day, 27-13, to cancel out the other two rinks uh, over Andy Houston, which is a great result. But Park would be bitterly disappointed with that overall draw, Brian, given that they were probably well ahead most of the day. Yeah, um, it could come back to haunt them. Uh, you know, they they've got a they'll be they'll be in a real battle to uh, stay in the four, I believe, unless they make a few positional changes. Yeah, but they've got depth in their division too. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. and it'll be interesting. Um, obviously, a few of their players are just. Lost a bit of uh, form. Yeah, well, I mean, f- for me, I think they've probably got to look at, um, you know, Die Hands. I, I know she's been a good player for a long time, but she's she's only won two or three times for the year skipping, and she, you know, her form's been a very up and down this year. She's chopped and changed a lot. She's got her sister Kate Bush playing third to her. She had Ernie Salvamini playing third. He's now back to lead. Uh, my father, Greg Williamson's gone in as second for the last few games. I wouldn't be surprised um, if you if you looked closely at the Shepparton and Park sides. They have landed a recruit, um, you know, halfway through the season in Mia Noasad, who will be a familiar yeah, I name. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, yeah formerly of Kyabram, who has been playing down Geelong way. She's just come back from Malulabar, I believe, up in Queensland, and um, her clearance. We took a bit of time to go in. So she played her first game today leading in, in our Division 2 midweek side. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if they pull the trigger and try and slot her in somewhere in Division 1 to try and stiffen up one of the rinks. The other one, Mark Thorne, I think they probably need to look at changing her and Paul Warren around a skip and third. Yep. I know Marg had some good results earlier on in the season, but the last three or four, four rounds... Um, she's sort of been losing by 10-plus every week, and it's sort of really, really hard to cover that, um, you know, particularly when you're playing the good sides. Just looking 
ahead um, at the ladder. It's pretty tight overall, really. Kyabram on top, six wins, three losses, 104 points. Shep Golf, six and three as well on 97. In third, East Sheppenden as a result of today's win, five and four, 92 points. Level on points with Shep Park, five wins, three losses and two draws. Um, one of those being today, 92 points. Tad Hill topped the reigning premiers, 5-4 and four on 86. Then we go down to Seymour on 72, Yaroa on 69, and Rushworth on 28. Um, interesting premiership race, I think, Brian, the Division 1 this year. There hasn't sort of been an, a, a standout side. Everyone's sort of been beating everyone, and form's been a little bit hard to read. It certainly is, but uh, it's good to see my mate Graham Barber, the leading skipper in the midweek. Yeah. Had a fine year. I think he's only lost one game. Uh, Lynn's not far off the mark, and there's Stacey Collier. Uh, had a loss the week before, but she bounced back well um, with a good resounding win today. You never take Seymour lightly, but uh, I don't know if they played outside or under the roof, but uh, I'd say it'd be outside. Who, but, so, uh, so, so who do you fancy to make the top four then? Uh, Kai Abram. Kai and Golf will stay in. Kai and Golf East and I reckon Hilltop might sneak in the fourth. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think um, I think it'll come right down to the last couple of rounds and, and obviously, you know, things like weather or missing the odd round here or there could play a factor in it as well. Um, but, yeah, certainly anyone from sort of first to... Even sixth is a chance if they get on a bit of a roll and cause That's a couple right. of upsets. Yeah, certainly on the cards. Do you want to? We'll preview this Saturday's pennant action, Brian, and fingers crossed we'll uh, we'll get on it. It's looking likely. Yes, uh, the, it's round eleven. Yep. We'll start off with Division Seven. We got Seymour ninth, playing Alexander. Third, I'm going for Alex in that one. Should be too strong, yeah. Yeah, Violet Town second, play Rushworth first match of the day. I'm going for Rushy. Okay, yep. Um, Eildon fifth, playing uh, Abenor fourth, probably equal match of the day. Going for Eildon at home. Yeah, I think they'll get the chocolates at home. Okay, there's only uh, six teams in Division 7. Okay. We'll go on there's to... Sixes. Sixes round 10. Uh, I'll just run through the ladder in the sevens. It's Rushworth, Violetown, Alex, Avenal, Eildon and Seymour. Yep. In uh, the ladder in uh, Division 6, Yay, Stanhope, Dookie and Kyra in the four. Then we've got Yaroa, Shep Park, Shep Golf and Marupna. Shep Golf, seventh play, Stanhope second, Stanhope to win. Yep. Park, six play, Marupna eight. I'm going for Park. Park needs to win if they want to push into the four. Yep. yep. Kai, fourth play, Dookie third in the match of the round. I'll go for uh, Dookie. Kai for me. Kai for you. And Yay first play, Yaroa fifth. I'm going for Yay to home side. Yep. Too strong. Division five, round 13. The latter, Alex, Dookie, Merch and Colbo make up the four. Then we've got Eildon, Merrigan, Tad Hilltop East, BR Ryan, Marupna Golf. Okay, I'm going for... Alex to defeat VRI. Alex first, VRI ninth. Merch third to defeat East eighth. Marupna Golf tenth to go down to Tad Hilltop seventh. Colbo fourth to defeat Merrigan. And Dookie second to defeat Eildon fifth. Division four. The, uh, the latter in Division four. Kai, VRI, Yaroa and Tad Hilltop. Then Park, Tally, East, Seymour and... 
And uh, whoever the last one is, can't even read my own writing, which would be probably <laughs> spot on. Anyway, this weekend? This weekend. Tad Hill top fourth plays Seymour eighth. Oh, Tad Hill top be, to must, win. Must be Seymour who's on the bottom. Yeah, Seymour. Yep. Park fifth playing VRI second. Match of the day. I'm going for VRI. Tally six play Kai first, Kai Abram. And Yaroa third play East seventh. I'm going for Yaroa. Division three weekend, round 10. The latter Seymour Park, Nagambi and Marupna. Then we've got Stanhope, Ruff, Rushworth, Shepgolf and Avenal. Uh, the matches, Avenal 8th play Rushworth 6. I'm going for Rushworth. Stanhope, I mean Shepgolf 7th play Stanhope 5th. Stanhope to win. Nagambi 3rd play Marupna 4th. Nagambi at home. Seymour 1st play Park 2nd. Match of the round. I think Seymour will be too good, Ash. Yeah, at, at Seymour. At home, yeah. Look, and I think um, Park sort of, uh, we've had some issues with unavailabilities and things like that, so I don't know what the side will look like and whether they'll have their strongest side in. Yeah, and they've been playing on the um, uh, grass at Seymour. They they played there today, and according to Rob Sutton, uh, played Division uh, 5 for Reece Shepparton. Yep. That the green was good. Yep. So full credit to them. I mean, it was all right when we played down there yep. before the floods. No, they're doing, doing yeah. well. Division 2, weekend round 10. The latest Kai, Shep Golf Park and Tally. Then comes Yaroa, Reese, Tad Hilltop and Marupna Golf. Tad Hilltop 7th play Shep Golf 2nd. Shep Golf to win. Yep. Marupna Golf 8th play Park 3rd. Park. Yeah, should be too strong. Kai 1st play Tally 4th. I'm going for Kai. Yeah, their depth should have them covered, I think. And Yarrow fifth play East sixth. Uh, you'd have to go um, for Yarrow at home, I think. Yeah, I think the winner can probably sneak into the four and the loser will be very, very hard for the loser, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yarrow has to win this one and East to have any hope. They'd have to win probably the majority of their games. Four of their last six. Yeah, yeah. to sneak in. Division one weekend round 10. We've got the latter Shep Golf Kai, Italian Park. Then follows Stanhope East, Tad Hilltop and Marupna. Some big games coming up. Yep. Yeah. Marupna 8th play Park 4th. Yeah, look, um, it's it's an interesting one for us. Um, you know, we, we were we were really looking forward to last Saturday's game against Tally because we knew that they had a couple out and um, we'd, we'd made some changes. So, um, you know, Rob, Rob Thorne's um, gone down... Back down to Division 2, he was playing third to Jeff Boyle, who won our club championship um, a couple of Sundays ago, and he's in really good form. But that rink's probably just lacking a bit of cohesion and confidence. And so Dennis Beck, who's been skipping in Division 2 and been going really well, he um, was going to step up and play third. I, I wouldn't imagine they'd change um, the side that they picked last weekend. Uh, you know, I think everyone's available. Um, and then... Sue Tyson was put back in as a leader in in Jeff Boyle's rink, so we're sort of searching for a few um, few answers there with our combinations, um, and we were looking forward to testing ourselves against Tally, um, you know, and they might have been a little bit vulnerable, but as it turns out, we've you know we're going to have to play them later on, and this is going to be our first game of the new year, and with a few sort of different combinations and things like that, um, you know, we've got to be on our game heading over to Marupna. It's certainly not going to be as easy as when we played them before Christmas when, um, you know. Well, they gave golf a bit of a push there in uh, December. Yeah, and that probably says that, you know, like um, they've been improving every week, and we had Darren Kelly in here a few weeks ago, um, and, you know, um, 
since the start of the year to now, some of their players that have, you know, played against some of these better players, they're going to get better all the time. And, you know, certainly, um, you know, they're going to be a much different proposition than when we played them before Christmas. And we'll, we'll, we'll have to really knuckle down and make sure that we get the job done over there. So. I'm going for Park 14-4. I think uh, Marupna can snag a couple of rinks. Yep. I um, think um, Darren Kelly's rink, I'll predict that one could get up. And uh, the other one with young... Um, Greaves. Greavesy. Yep. I reckon he might be a surprise too. The giant killer. Just before we move on, I, I just want to... Josh wanna, Greaves. Yeah, I just want to give a, um, a cheerio to a couple of clubmates of mine, uh, David Slingo and and Dennis Smythe, who um, are ha- having some health issues at the moment, um, both both at home and recovering on the mend. Um whether, whether we see them back out on the greens this season um, remains to be seen, but that's that's not important at this stage. Their health is paramount, and uh, it's great to hear that they're back at home and recovering well. So if they are listening to this, uh, we, we wish you well and, and um, yeah, stay safe. And, uh, yeah, I, I, hope they're, uh, I hope they're getting on fine. Yeah, I'd like to reiterate those comments. Uh, you wouldn't meet two nice guys in the bowls fraternity. Yep. I had two years at Park, and I've got a lot of time for Dennis Smythe. And David Slingo, relatively newcomer to bowls, but, but he's a great administrator, and he's done, yeah. you know really great behind the scenes in, in you know what he organises with um, practice matches and club games and things like that. So really, two really good clubmen. Yeah, two really good clubmen, and um, it's, it's it's good to hear they're back on the mend, and we hope to see them back on the greens as soon as possible. Exa- so yeah, yeah exactly. Um, next game, Brian, Tad Hill top seventh, versus sixth. Gee, another uh, close contest. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I think the loser can book their end of season trip, and the winner has a faint hope. Yeah, I think Tad Hilltop. They defeated East at East in the in um, the second round of the season. Yep, and I think at home on their grass green, they've just got a bit too much talent for. East have surprised. Um, yeah, I said they wouldn't win a game, and they won two. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think a mid-season inclusion, uh, Jack Spencer. Jack Spencer. Yeah, yeah, he's my old teammate from the Gamby. Yeah. Won three out of four. Yeah, look, and and I think um, you know they're really to be commended for the way that they've sort of chipped away at the season and. Um, you know, Jack Spencer coming in has been a big help with a couple of big rink victories and things like that. But, you know, I think probably at the start of the year, their goal would have just been to try and avoid relegation and then look to next season. Um, and we're actually going to touch on that a little bit just to finish the show. Um, you know, in, in terms of looking ahead to the rest of the year, you know, if they can get one or two more victories, they'll certainly avoid relegation and, um, yeah, and, and right, really build yeah. for next season. But... I think Tad Hilltop's probably been the big disappointment for me this season in terms of where they're at at the halfway mark of the year. They probably had eyes on finishing fourth or trying to sneak into the top four at least. And, um, yeah, they haven't really set the world on fire, but I think they can sort of um, keep their hopes alive with the win this weekend against East Shep. Well, I think they've got better credentialed st- um, skips in Peter Lasseur, Nick Boyd. Yep. Brendan Boyd. Yep. And who's their other skip? Uh, well, it's Russell Lock, um, Russell Paul Lock, Newman. Russell Paul Lock, Newman's Newman, bowling yeah. very well. Bart Newman, yeah. according to Russell Lock, uh, I was spoken to Russell, and he said Paul Newman's bowling exceptionally well. I think their four skippers um, are stronger than East, without any detriment to the East skippers. Jack Spence is the best 
And he's he's only played he played four games at the Gambia skip. Oh, I played third for him in three of them. So he's only played he's only played three four matches at East and three down there. So yeah, I mean he's their he's their leading skipper. Um, Chippy Carpenter's out. Yep. Damien Carpenter is too busy at work. I don't think he's going to play any more games. Okay. It'd be nice to see Daniel Nichols come into calculation and play another game. I I don't know. He could surprise us all. And if he plays, he could make the difference. But uh, Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and uh, cherry-pick a couple of games for Daniel to try and make a difference in. This could be one of them. I think Marutna might be another one. And maybe even East Shepard and he won his rink. Uh, Shep Park, sorry. He won his rink when he played the day at Shep Park. So whether they can twist his arm enough. But I think it'll be Taddy top for me. Yeah, well, Laurie Bodycage skipped in a couple of games. He's... He's been well beaten. It's good to see be given an opportunity. Yep. It's not easy going in straight away a skip. I know myself in the twos. I went in and struck Becky first up, but I managed to snag a draw against Mr. Rogash and um, <laughs> the only point we got, so I'll give myself a bit of praise there. But it's a it's a big order to to step up from a lower division like Kevin Cox, Alan Houston. Yep. And Graham Barber did skip in the ones last year, but um, he's got a new, a different. We've lost that many players. I think East have done a good job, and so who's winning on Saturday? They're going to be competitive. Oh, I'm going for Tad Hilltop. I think they'll win. I think they'll win. Um, I'll go fourteen four by about sixteen shots. Rightio. Next game. What's your prediction? Yeah, no, nah, Tad Hilltop. I reckon sixteen two. Yep. Stanhope fifth play. Shep goal first. Never underestimate Stanhope at home. I think it's a while since they've defeated uh, Shep Golf down there. I think they upset Chet Golf for Shep Golf three or four years ago. Yeah, I think so. But um, I noted with interest their sides that they picked last for last weekend's game. Alan Dove was back playing third to Brett Foley, so he'd been um, demoted from skipping, and Brett Gunning has um, gone in as the fourth skip. So they've got Brett Foley, Brad Orr, Brett Gunning and John Gribble. Whether they stick with that this weekend against Stanhope, I think they will. Yep. And then their thirds are Alan Dove to his third to Brett Foley. Cole Power, trusty third, back for, back with Brad Orr. Wayne Dagger, third to Brett Gunning and Chris Ferguson, third for John Gribble. So they're still tinkering. And um, there's also the... Um, the Mac Truen is coming back through Division 2, or he was named to play in Division 2 last week. So he'll be a, an X factor to include in the side in the second half of the year, I think, as a leader. So, you know, they've still got a fair scope for improvement, and I think they're a little way off finding the, the four combinations that they want. Um, I think they'll be too strong for Stanhope over there, and uh, I think they'll just keep building. Yeah, I'll be going for Shep Golf by, oh, I'll say, 40 shots, 18 zip. I think they'll get a clean sweep. Yeah, and look, um, it's a bit disappointing for Stanhope with um, Crackers Keenan. Um, he's he's played a couple of games for Stanhope, but he's gone back to the Bendigo competition playing for Bendigo East. He um, skipped last weekend in his first game in the Bendigo competition. So, you know, they'd be disappointed to lose him. I understand his house um, incurred a fair bit of damage in the floods over at Rochester and Bendigo East able to give him a bit of support with the recovery effort there, I think, that um, resulted in him moving back over there. But, um, you know, a bit disappointing for Stanhope given that, you know, he sort of came in and was mentoring Ben Fletcher and, you know, he's had a reasonable year as a skip and um, they sort of lose him after three or four games. Yeah, it is disappointing, but I suppose you've got to put yourself in um, David's position and 
if they put up a house for him, he's probably off his probably in a caravan in like most people are over in Rochi and yeah. if they give him a house and all that and um yeah, it swayed him to go over there and good on Benny go east. I suppose they got a bit they probably got a few more resources and uh yeah. money in the bank than Stanhope. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see whether Stanhope, because, you know, they were pushing, or they are pushing for that fourth spot, whether they, they've they still got enough enough depth there to replace Park in the fall. Well, they're very even across the board, and um, they'll be competitive, but, yeah, I can't see them getting anywhere near golf. Okay. So, top four uh, clash in the last. Yeah. yeah, Tally third play, Kai second at Tally. Yep, so Kai got them before Christmas, I understand, and um, Tally were a little disa- like, bit disappointing in that game, I thought, but um, they've obviously picked up a fair bit since, and they'll probably have, um, you know, Mitch Sidebottom will be back, who was going to miss last Saturday, so I think they'll be getting closer to full strength. Still he's back. Yep, and, um, you know, they've obviously picked up Adrian Pantling just yes. before the clearance deadline, so he's another um, added bonus that they can, you know, Kai wouldn't have had a look at him last time. So. Well, he's skipping. He yeah. was named to skip last week. Yeah, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see which way they go with everyone back in. I think their four skips will probably be Mark Ryan, Mitch Sidebottom, David Dawes, and Adrian Pantling. So where Jeff Franz goes, Joey Lear. Um, but I just think it gives them a little bit more depth this time around. Um, you know, Kai's obviously... Uh, you know, lived up to the billing of all the recruits pre-season and, you know, they've set up their season really nicely. I think I think the winner of this will get second and I think it'll be Kai Abram just because I think, you know, they've had a bit more time together in their combinations. They're starting to find out what works for them. Jeff Beattie's having a really impressive season with Rob George as his third. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think having that half season together, they've worked out their combinations. They're, they're finding a plan that works for them. And I think Tally still just needs a little bit more time to sort of work Pantling in and find out who's going to play third for each of the skips and things like that. So, yeah, and, for me. and plus, early in the season, they didn't have any practice facilities. No. Their greens, unfortunately. Cole Austin's done a good job on the greens. And Cole was out there today. And uh, they got no spring. You can talk to um, Walsh here at Shep Park, Shane Walsh. To get their greens up to the standard they were for the Vic Open, it's a credit to Walshy. Mm. And I know he's got, he has a, a bit to do, he's a bit of a consultant out at Shep Golf. Yep. And Tally just didn't get the – they're obviously a bit out. They get a bit probably more of the elements out where they are. Yeah. They haven't got much protection out there, have they? No, nah, no. Nah. A little clubhouse, but yeah. little clubhouse, but they're going to bite the bullet and laser the greens and try and get them right for next season. As I said, the four rings they got, that means the players, they've got to play their club matches mm. and they've got to practice for pennant. They've got four rings. Yeah, look, it's 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 a difficult situation and I think it's a reason why um, maybe their premiership defence, or it's definitely a reason why I think their premiership defence has been a little bit stop-start and it's going to be hard going forward. I think, you know... They, they still, I think there's belief there that they can still finish second um, and they're probably hanging out for finals when they'll be on neutral venues. Um, but I just think this weekend, Kyle will be too strong for them and ha- they're, they're starting to, they, they, they've, they've just had been a bit more settled across the course of the year for mine. So Kai for me. Yeah, Kai for four, me. 14-4, I think. Yeah, 14-4, I reckon 20 shots. Yes. Now, Brian, it is the it is the new year, yes. um, 2023, and at this time of year, 
I don't know whether are you a New Year's resolution kind of person or not. Yeah, New Year's resolution was to um, this year's is this is this year's resolution. Yeah, to get to, to um, lose a bit of weight and yeah. get a bit fitter. Yeah, I'm running out of shirt size as a big W. Well, that's been my resolution for a few years, Brian, and it's gone, gone the opposite way. I'm up to 7X, mate, so <laughs> don't think they make any bigger, do they, Aiden? No, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so I, I th- could maybe sell a few together for you if you want. Yeah, <laughs> mate, yeah it'd be like Tars Plowman, footballer up at Appen, they had to sew two jumpers together. He yeah. played in the league, though, full forward. Shane Loveless. Shane Loveless, big lad. Yeah, um, so I thought for our last segment of this show, I would go through each Division 1 side and sort of think about or make a bit of a prediction what their New Year's resolution might have been. And you'll sort of understand as I go along. So Marupna's is pretty obvious. We're going to go from the bottom of the Division 1 ladder to the top. Uh, Marupna obviously on the bottom at the moment with 24 points. They're currently basically a game behind Tatura Hilltop in seven. Their New Year's resolution is simple. They just want to avoid relegation and... There's a few little jungle drums beating that if they can manage to do that, that there might be a fair contingent on the way to Marupna next year. So it's pretty paramount that they can halt, cling on for deal off. Look, they might finish bottom of the ladder and if Shep Golf or Kybram or whatever wins Division 2, they might get saved that way. But I think they'd be looking to at least get a couple of victories in this second half of the year, Brian. That's their New Year's resolution. Yeah, I think they well, they play Shep East Shep over there. Yep, and they play Park there this weekend. Do they play Stanhope there too? Yeah, I think their best chance is probably to jag a couple of home games, and yep. you know, um, I think they need at least two. That's what I think. So, two wins will help them um, achieve their New Year's resolution of avoiding relegation. Tad Hilltop, they're one and six at the moment, forty-two points. Look. I think the ship might have sailed in terms of reaching the top four. So I think for them, you know, they probably they, – they want to get further away to the bottom. Um, you survival know, mode. Survival mode for Tatura Hilltop. They they want to prove that they're, you know, a, a good Division One side and, and definitely want to finish with more than one win to their name. So I think if they can get to four wins, that would be their resolution for this year and sort of get, gain a bit more safety from the bottom of the ladder. East Shepparton. Um, they're, they're two wins and five losses and a draw, 47 points. They've probably achieved their resolution already, really, I think, with the two wins. If they could, I think their resolution might be something like doubling their wins tally. So if they can beat the same two sides that they've already beaten, um, that'd be a magnificent result for them in terms of where we thought they were going to be at the start of the year. Moving on to fifth, Stanhope. Well, their resolution's pretty simple as well. They want to finish fourth. They want they want that final spot, as we've touched on, going to be harder without David Keenan. But um, I think at the start of the year, if you'd said at the halfway mark you're a, a realistic chance of pinching a final spot, they'd take that. So they're, um, they're going all out to finish fourth, I think. Same for Park, I think, really, for them. Um, they're fourth at the moment, and then the New Year's resolution is just to cling on for dear life and hold on to that last final spot. They've got a favourable next three weeks. If they can beat Marupna, um, East Shepparton and Stanhope in succession, I think they'll do it. Tally Garupna. Well, their New Year's resolution is to keep that premiership defence alive, and I think they feel their best chance is to get that double chance in second. Um, you know, they've obviously picked they, they're obviously picked up Pantling just before clearances. I, I still, still think they've got belief that they can go back-to-back, Brian. What do you think? I wouldn't rule them out. They, look, they've got the ability, haven't they? Got Ryan and Sidebottom, Dawes, yep. Pantling, Jeff Friends, France. Yep. 
Scott Le- Adams Leah. is bowling well. Joey Lear. Joey Lear. Yeah, so really, I mean, in terms of probably what they lost from the premiership side, Liam Crapper, Matt Robertson, they've probably gained it in terms Carl of... Kyle Pugh, Brian Hogg. Yeah. And you got Roddy Still and... Um, yep. And... Orchard, Russell Orchard. Yeah, so I think... Some quality players there. Their New Year's resolution is to try... Mick Hanna, Mick. Yeah. Under, Mick, Mick can turn in the big game too, so, you know. They, I think they want the double chance. Kai Abram, I think they want to get back in the grand final. That's their New Year's resolution. They've been out of the mix for a little while. They've been thereabouts in finals, but we knew with who they recruited pre-season that... Uh, they were going all out for one thing, and that was the grand final. And I think they've set themselves up really well to do that. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, well, they they were competitive. They they got three rinks against goal. Should have won. Yep. Should have won. When you win three rinks, you should win, yeah. And, 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 and I think that'll become um, – how how uh, close they are will become apparent when they play them again after Christmas. You know, if they can get the job done after Christmas, they'll be they'll be uh, really thinking they're in the mix. And Shepherd and Golf, their New Year's resolution, I think, is the same every year. They they want to win premierships, and you know, they it's the first time in midweek and um, Saturday pennant for a long time they missed a premiership in, in whatever grade it was. Obviously, they had the the loss against Division One um, in against Tallygarupna in the main dance. Um, and you can tell with Brett Foley coming in, he's sort of taken no prisoners a little bit at selection. He's made some hard calls. They brought in Alan Dove. Brett Gunning's come back. They're going all out for one thing, and it's to get back on top of the, the throne, and I think um, they're really well set up to do that, Brian. And the association's looked after them this year. The grand final's going to be on a Saturday, like every other division, so if they get the double, which is quite on the cards... Where 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 do we know venues yet or not yet? No, but yeah, it's it's been pencilled in that they're all going to play on the one day, because that means the clubs that do win multiple premierships, mm. and you can't can't say it's not logical, yeah, or it's not feasible. They can celebrate. they can celebrate together, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's um, taken me a while to come round, but I can understand it. I like to, if I was been. playing in Division 2, I'd like to be able to see the grand final of Division 1 because there's such a quality, it'll be a quality out, it'll be as good as finals you'll see anywhere in Victoria. Are we going to be calling it, Brian? We will at this stage, no problem. <laughs> yeah, there might have been a bit of um, yeah pulling power from Tyler Maher and, and the Shepherd News, just trying to get them to, to change it from a Sunday uh, grand final, so we can beat uh, print deadline for for Monday's paper, maybe. Yeah, like, well, uh, yeah, that's an underline. Yeah. I, I think there's, no, yeah. I, I think there's <laughs> vested interest in certain certain yes, sections. Yeah. Of, you know, um, Shep Golfer probably assuming that they'll be in multiple grand finals in Saturday pennant, as they, you know, hopefully will be in on Tuesdays as well. And there's obviously media deadlines and things to consider as well. So um, regardless, Brian, I hopefully we're there rinkside calling yes, the action. Yes, we will the main, be at this stage. The main game. I've I've got to attend the meeting on the 1st of February to let them know how we plan to do the television uh, coverage this year. So The live stream. Yep. Yeah, live stream. i just got to get a couple of sponsors. So anyone listening out there would like to get on board, Paul Foster, Prune Taxis could be on. (laughs) Um, No, well, uh, thanks thanks for everything this week, Aidan. Yeah, just one thing. One more. I like your summary of the club's New Year's resolution. The saviour for, I think, Marupna or East Shep or, or Hilltop, if they finish on the bottom, is that it's either Shep Golf or Kai Abra and win the vision too, in my opinion. 
and all the and I'll give a rough chance to Shep Park. So yeah. they're all got Division One sides. Yeah, I think the only side in Division Two that can upset the Apple Carts Eurora, isn't it? Yeah, and I think they're a long way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think. The bottom side, but you don't. You, no one likes to finish bottom, though. Particularly Marina no, first no, year that's going right. up. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's the hard thing to sell, isn't it? Yeah. To, uh, any newbies? Well, I can't. They've got delegates discretion, but you can't really say what's the name deserves to go out in the fourth team in your row. come into Division One next year. No, I don't think it'd happen. I don't think it'd happen. I couldn't see your row finishing any higher than fourth. No. Nah. No, I, don't, I, I think they'll be safe, but still, first year back in, I yeah, think they'd you don't like want to finish. No one wants to finish on on the bottom. No, that's for sure. All right, Aiden, we might wrap it wrap up. It up. There. Yes, easy. Well, yeah. Thanks, uh, you two boys. Thanks for stepping in. That's all right. No dramas at Thanks, all. Thanks, Aiden. You steered the ship pretty well, mate. Well, I think I might be back next week because Tyler's uh, yeah, he's twelve weeks sabbatical. <laughs> Couple of good right. games out of Tally tonight. It'll be an interesting. Um, in the semi-finals of their club singles, you got Mitch Sidebottoms taking on um, Jeff France and Mark Ryan's playing Scott Adams. Yeah, Mitch has done the mad dash from the Magic Millions on the Gold Coast, oh, so he hasn't been Mitch. practising much bowls, so I don't know how he'll go, but, uh, yeah, wor- worth watching if you're heading out that way. Becoming a bit of a celebrity too. He was on some harness racing program on yeah. the internet. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, he's doing well. He's well up there and... Uh, a few club champions, I'll say Vern Wright won the East Championship. He defeated um, Lester Norton in the final. Jeff Boyle defeated Paul Nichols in the Shep Park Yeah, final. and um, Chris Ferguson defeated Brett Foley at Shep Golf. So the Champion of Champions will be coming up. We'll talk about yeah, it when so it comes up. I think from. it was Chris's first title, so well done to him. Obviously bowling very well and... Um, you know, it's a great it's a great achievement to win a club championship. Beautiful. We'll, we'll shit park that one, Brian, for next episode. And uh, you've been listening to After the Jack. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.